So the State of the City is coming up. Yes. When is that happening? So our State of the City, I'm really excited about it, and I appreciate you asking. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the morning of Saturday, Feb- uh, Saturday, uh, April 14th. Okay. Uh, and, you know, usually a State of the City is, you know, uh, is, is, is just a speech. But, you know, we really are looking every chance we can get to create kind of two-way conversation. And so we're, bring, we're inviting people uh, to a summit. And the first thing is first is it's not the state of the city, it's the state of our city, that we have ownership of this space. And so we're, we're, we're sort of rebranding and rethinking this as a, our state of our city. And we're inviting people into a two-way conversation with, you know, I, I see it as kind of a, a, a play in three acts. You know, the first act is me sharing with people kind of the way I see the city and the way I see the work moving forward. The second act is people having the opportunity to interact directly with city leaders who are working on all of those things. So they just be able to kind of, you know, poke holes and say, you know, how does this work and how does that work and how do you see this kind of operationalizing? And, the, and then the third act would be feedback and asking people to say, you know, tell us, you know, kind of what you heard. You know, what are you excited about that you heard? What do you disagree with? What did you learn? And, and what do you feel like we're not talking about that we should be talking about? So I'm looking forward to the opportunity for that kind of two-way engagement. Uh, you know, our, our, our goal is to in, invite people into the process of governance with us. Uh, and every chance that we get to do that is something I end up looking forward to a lot. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we've we've heard a lot about that over the last, oh, I'd say 10 or 15 years, particularly with, uh, with the uh, Obama administration wanting to open up government. That's and, right. But I don't know how successful that was. And I imagine there are a lot of challenges involved with letting people kind of come into the process. So how do you plan to make that work? You know, there, there's a lot of logistical challenges to that. You know, we in the Twin Cities metro area, we have some of the worst disparities in the nation. And, you know, I believe uh, as, a, as a descendant of the old Rondo neighborhood that was uprooted to build the freeway, uh, that when we have exclusive processes, that the natural outcome of exclusive processes are, are disparities and inequities. Uh, of course, you're going to have disparities if you're making decisions without all the voices at the table. So that's why this is such a core focus for me. Uh, one of the things that's been exciting, one of the biggest challenges of our administration so far is just harnessing all the energy that exists out in the city and really having to answer when people you know, walk up to me at the grocery store or, or out in the street neighborhood and just say, how can I help? I want to help. And so right from the beginning, during our transition, we you know, uh, hired the administration through this community-based hiring process in which over 100 community members came together and helped us read resumes and interview candidates, and that was really exciting. Uh, you know, We had, in, even in our inaugural week, a community service project that invited people to come do what we think of as border crossing to get to, to just to know people and businesses and neighborhoods other than their own. Uh, so that's been exciting for me. Uh, and you know, our goal is just gonna be to continue to do that to keep inviting people into spaces. And we're launching an initiative called Serve St. Paul, which is going to invite people very intentionally uh, to come and you know help us build the vision, help us advocate for the policies, and just help us read to kids at the library. I know education is very important to you. Now, a lot of people in positions like yours say that. So that's right. <laughs> what's your plan? That's right. Uh, I appreciate the question, and that's right. A lot of people in position, and, and that's that's actually our first success. The fact that a lot of people in positions uh, like mine say that. Uh, I guess ten years ago, I was a St. Paul City Council member when we were focused on education, and you know, some people would make fun of us to say, you know, that's what the school board was for. That's not the city's job. And that was always intriguing to me because, you know, my, my, my question back was if if preparing our children for the future isn't our job, then what is? I have no <laughs> idea what our higher priorities should be. And so we built the St. Paul Promise neighborhood 
uh, when I was on the city council, which is uh, a 250-square-block area in St. Paul where we just said, you know what, uh, we're going to take a whole life, you know, no excuses approach to just making sure that our children are stable and sound, you know, uh, educating our children in, in, in St. Paul. Uh, 72% of our children in our public schools qualify for free and reduced free and reduced lunch, price lunch. And my and, and, and I firmly believe that if we have children, uh, if we're, we're trying to talk about social studies uh, to children who don't know where they're going to sleep tonight or don't know uh, where their next you know, square meal is going to come from, that we're part of the problem. And so engaging the partnership to help set our students, help set our teachers up for success is absolutely critical. So that's going to start for us with early childhood education and working to make sure that we're connecting our children to our child development infrastructure earlier. That's going to start for us with what is the most exciting thing we're working on to me, which is a college savings account program to put $50 in, in the bank for every kid who's born in our city to just get them started on the pathway to college. Uh, that's going to include continuing our focus on out-of-school and after-school learning time uh, and thinking about career pathways to ensure that there's more routes to success for children born in St. Paul than just the four-year kind of liberal arts kind of route. We've got a, a, a national treasure in St. Paul College. Uh, we've got pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship programs through community organizations and unions, and we need to be showing children and our young people uh, all of the opportunity that exists through there. So tell me a little bit more about the savings for the, the, the education account for, for the youngins. Yeah, we know college is, is super expensive. Ever since I said at my inauguration uh, that we're going to endeavor to do this, uh, I've, I've heard from people you know, on social media and in person sometimes who run up on me and are, are really passionate to let me know that $50 isn't enough to pay for college. Uh, and you know that's not a big surprise. You know, <laughs> clearly fifty dollars isn't enough to pay for college. Uh, what fifty dollars is enough to do? Uh, there's uh, some pretty compelling research that shows children from low to moderate income families who have a small amount of college savings between one dollar and you know five hundred dollars. Uh, children who have one hundred and fifty dollars set aside for college are three times more likely to go to college. Wow! And when they go they're four times more likely to graduate. It's not actually the money, it's the mindset and the notion that we believe in you enough to invest in you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're planting. And at the same time as planting that uh, that seed that's gonna carry out generational benefits to for us, uh, there's a financial literacy component as well because in doing this, we're also connecting families with responsive, responsible uh, f lending financial institutions that aren't charging them 300%. Uh, and you know, our, our belief is if you can save for college, you can save for retirement, you can save for a car or a house or whatever you need to kind of save for. And that's gonna put families, you know, not just be an investment in the 40 year future of our city, but also put families in a more stable position right now. Mm -hmm. So when you were on city council, did you have aspirations to, to be mayor or was it more just you really wanted to be involved because you grew up in St. Paul and how, how did that line happen? You know, the way I end up working, I end up, you know, putting my head completely into what I'm <laughs> what I'm doing right now. And so, you know, mostly people would, you know, I remember when I was young and people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it would, when I grew up, I got stuff to do this weekend. <laughs> and so, you know, I guess, you know, any, anytime you're in any space, you're going to look and say, ah, if I was mayor, I'd, you know, do this different. I'd maybe do that, try that different. Uh, you know, we were focused on the promised neighborhood and we were focused on, you know, kind of a lot of our kind of work to eliminate disparities in the city. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 it you know, the, the, the question as it became clear that uh, Mayor Coleman 
who I had a great relationship, had, continued to have a great relationship with and worked closely with, as it became clear that he was not going to seek a fourth term in office. Uh, it's a question that kind of uh, really came to the forefront and, you know, particularly seeing, you know, Donald Trump, President Trump uh, uh, ascend to the presidency. Uh, it just felt like a moment that didn't lend itself to sitting back. 